Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now's the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. You're listening to the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Episode 16 of the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Back at you. Guys, how you doing today? Good. This is the Tyler's Obsessed with Mock Drafts edition. Oh, yeah. I, um, yeah, you're kind of addicted already. I I can be the one to blame for that because I tweeted out my own mock draft earlier using the, what is it, the mock draft simulator for yeah, PFF. PFF. And now Tyler's done like 15 already. Yeah, something like that. Already. But mock drafts are a while away. We can talk about that a little bit, I think. Oh, we but will. For sure. Something more recent that happened. Super Bowl LV or 55 for you that for you that don't speak Roman. Um, <laughs> Everybody. Just happened. I mean, yeah. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers played Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And just watching the game, I felt kind of bad for Patrick Mahomes. He played his heart oh out. Oh, my gosh. And he's already injured. He was already, like, had to have had surgery. Toe injury, yeah. Right? Yeah. Toe. Something um, that like actually requires surgery, right? Like, yeah, at he the legit the... needed surgery on his toe. <laughs> That's just... not like an injury that you can really play through. It's too. a nagging, it's a nagging one. Yeah, yeah. And so he still played. He had not great stats, but stats uh, like so often don't tell the whole tale. If you yeah. watch the game, he was making throws. His receivers were just dropping them. He I've made never, some of the yeah. most incredible throws I've ever seen twice in a row that yes. like, his receiver dropped. They might as well have just taken very large boulders and stuck them out there because they probably would have stopped the Bucks defensive line more than yeah. they Yeah. Line. But, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I I know they were down Mitchell Schwartz and somebody else Eric on the line. Fisher. Eric yeah. Fisher. And those those are, are two huge names on their O-line. Two line. tackles, right? They, they're yeah. two tackles. Probably their two best O-linemen. Yeah, so, so they, had to, yeah. they had to swap some guys around. And I feel silly... Looking back on it now, I mean, I picked the, the Chiefs to win, but then there's that voice in the back of my head that was like, well, I know they're down linemen, and I don't know. I guess I undervalued the fact that they were down their yeah. two best offensive linemen, well, both of them here's, tackles. Here's what we forgot to take into the equation. Todd Bowles is the GOAT. Like, defensive coordinator-wise, Todd Bowles is incredible. He completely changed up his defensive style. I saw some stat on it. He ran two-man high, or at least... I said a minimum of two safeties high on 87% of defensive plays. That hasn't been done in forever, and it's the most that has ever been done by a Todd Bowles defense in the last five years. Yeah, but I also I think having Vita Vea back makes that a lot more... Mm-hmm. Like, just the situation, right? You're talking about the O-linemen being out. So now that they have Vita Vea eating up double teams, triple yeah. teams every time he's in there, that gives a one-on-one with, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul or Shaq Barrett. Yeah, And, and so and you can too. afford to just drop three high or whatever yeah. because that's all they had that's all they did they only blitzed i think they only blitzed six times yeah we well, you know and who's been huge for them when i look at that defense that stands out the most is um antoine wingfield Junior. who they they drafted isn't this year they drafted him or last year it was this year this year yeah. a lot of vikings fans they had the dad connection right yeah. antoine yep. wingfield senior vikings legend a lot of people were 
upset that we didn't pick I, him. Yeah, and now it, it looks a lot worse. I think it was an early second round. Pick. Yeah, I don't. He was I, there. Yeah, they got Vita Vita Vea in the first round, and they got um, Vea was a couple years ago. A couple years. Ago? I think it was like three years. Oh, ago so they. Who did they take in the first? Oh, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, here's the thing. Like, I can understand, yeah. He's been put Antoine Winfield Jr. played out of his mind. Like, he played really well. But I want to just go ahead and highlight Devin White and Levante David played some of the best coverage I've ever seen a linebacker play. Yeah. And it was on Travis Kelsey. Sure, he had, he had 10 catches for 133 yards, but they made those stats look so empty that it didn't matter. And all of those, like, I think... Three of those five incompletions were direct knockouts by one of those two guys. Devin White also finished with 12 tackles and a pick. Yeah. It's hard to even call them linebackers because they're not, you know, today's NFL, you have the linebackers are more rangy. You don't have the traditional linebackers. So you have guys like Devin White and Levante David that can just fly across the field. They're so yes. fast. And they can do everything else that you'd expect yeah, from a linebacker, fill the yeah. hole. It's absolutely insane. And then you also combine that with the fact that, like we said, Vita Vea, the man is a bowling ball. Like... <laughs> He, he's not space eater. He, he, that's what he is. He just, space. he just moves yeah. human. Like he, he doesn't, you know, you know, oh, he doesn't put pressure up. No, he, he just moves. Not he's not, I mean, he's not going to, gonna, yeah. he's a defensive tackle. So he's not going to really get you a bunch of crazy stats, but his job is to literally take up double teams. And, and he, that's he does exactly it. what he did. And it's well, like, if they didn't double team him, he was back there bugging Mahomes. <laughs> so report came out too after the game that Levante David apparently wants to be paid like the highest paid linebacker in the league. Ooh. And, He's honestly, he's I think he's young. I either. think, I think he might deserve it. Though. Here's the thing: he's I'm telling like you right years. now, I bet you he's twenty nine or thirty. Here's the thing with yeah. that: Levante David, thirty one. He can want to get paid like that, but if they make him the richest like middle linebacker ever, they won't be able to bring back. Let's see who, Chris Godwin. Did he sign an extension this season? If not, I don't think so. Then he's a free agent. Yeah, um, I saw people saying that they might Sue- tag Shaq. Sue, Sue and Barrett are free Sue agents. Sue and well. Barrett are free agents. Leonard Fournette's a free agent. Antonio Brown's a free agent. Robert okay. Gronkowski's a free agent. Let's but just like go through the guys three? they're gonna that they're not gonna keep. Okay, I don't well, think they're gonna keep Antonio Brown. But, well, know. here's the thing. If very, very big if here, if no one else wants Antonio Brown, he's just gonna come back on a small deal. Yeah, that's true. Just to re-sign with Brady. And Leonard Fournette actually has They'll a keep. chance to leave. They'll, They'll really? try here's the thing. They still want Ronald Jones. For no reason at all, Bruce Arians still says Ronald Jones is my guy. Well, the Ronald thing is, Jones they, is not as good as Leonard Fournette. They have an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, I mean, we do. saw what playoff Lenny did, but then, like you touched on, Ronald Jones had a pretty good year overall. I mean, here's the thing: he had a good year because he was the number one guy. You're gonna look good if you're the number one guy in the NFL. Yeah, they have like a third or fourth round running back just sitting there that they haven't even like really used. Because, yeah, because they Vanderbilt, signed. Yeah, yeah. Ronald they Jones. also have like Shady McCoy. Let's not forget that Lashawn McCoy is on that team. Okay, and I completely do forgot anything. about that. He just I'm doesn't. He, he just he just exists. That's back to back Super Bowl champion Lashawn McCoy for you. He's played zero correct. snaps in the last two Super Bowls and won them both. And I'm honestly okay with that. I love Shady and like you know he did so much work for so many different teams. Yeah. To never be rewarded and now he's just sitting there just yeah. getting paid in raids. They, they got to do figure something out with the running back position. It's, but, it's too jumbled. <laughs> so to answer your question, I think Gronk. Will probably be back just because Brady loves him. He's yeah. Brady's guy, and Brady will get what he wants. Gronk loves Brady. Antonio Brown. Yeah, Gronk will probably take a pay cut. Gronk's here's the thing. Gronk's not going to go anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's either it's either retire or come back, and he's already said he wants to come back. Yeah. So Antonio I guess that's Brown, the same thing with the Antonio Brown thing. Yeah, yeah, he's expendable. I think. 
I think he would have more of a market than Gronk because you know he still wants to be. Whoa. He still sees himself as a star. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But going off just the Gronk thing, if Gronk comes back, what do you do with OJ Howard? I mean, you still have OJ Howard and Cameron Braid. OJ Howard's better than Cameron Braid, so you just play OJ Howard. Do you trade Cameron Braid or? Uh, well, no, you want three dudes on the roster. You, you their want, tight end room is just yeah, as you know, up as the running backs. But you want Tom Brady loves have like loves running a single back under center. And with single back, if you can put three tight ends out there that are actual threats, you have to play real defense. You, you have to play pass defense. Are you looking at Braid's contract? Yeah, it's forty million over six years. So yeah, so you you have for to a do third something. string tight end. Paying yeah, you can't six, do that. Seven million dollars a year for a third. And OJ Howard is better it's is better than especially if your whole like point is that they're going to be strapped for cash after signing like Shaq Barrett or Levante David. Speaking of which, Shaq Barrett. Is gonna get whatever he wants. He's one of the best defensive. He's ends super in underrated. Too. He's super underrated. Poor Broncos lost him for literally nothing. They kept Rip. who they keep over him. It was over who? Like Sorry. Shane Ray, I think. Oh, over yeah. oh gosh, who's in the XFL right now or the Canadian Football League or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. So here, here, uh, I've got the actual like estimated cap space remaining for the Buccaneers: thirty-eight million. All right, for Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin. Levante David and Leonard Fournette, the expected payout is a total of fifty-seven point six nine million. That's four of the seven or eight dudes they're losing. Yeah. That's twenty million more than they are expected to have available. Yeah. So, so people are gonna have to start taking pay cuts. Brady's gonna have to like make sure he takes his pay cut. Well, they can also start cutting people that like haven't been, you know, effective. As important. And like you mentioned him, but one person I can think I mean, I don't know how much dead cap it'd be, but Nadamakan Sue is kind of like an afterthought in my mind. He's good, well, but I don't know if he's like Especially because good. you know, if you want you could replace him with a rookie, let's say um Christian Barmore or someone maybe at thirty two or another young defensive lineman. You you could yeah. cut I mean, what's his deal? What's Oh, he's deal? actually um this is he's a free agent, so never mind what I said. Okay. Well he'll be gone. Yeah, so. they're not gonna pick him up. Yeah. Mm. Well, the main thing is you offer all of these dudes a small contract and say, hey, come on, let's run it back. Let's bring back the whole squad. We got, we're championship winners already. Bring it back. Run it back. Let's just do it again. And, you know, if one of them says no, you say, fair. And you let them walk unless you have money. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, I've seen a lot of people go, oh, everyone's going to want to go to Tampa Bay. And it's like, but with what money though? Like, yeah. how are they going to sign all these people that they're magically going to attract? If any, because Super Bowl teams, right? I get it. Tom Brady looked like he had a lot of fun at the party afterwards. That's cool. Oh and yeah, they well, look we like great. Hold on, we got to no. talk about Tom Brady oh, oh, being drunk. Brady is goaded. They had like great locker room chemistry. That's great. But teams do not gain players after Super Bowls. Teams lose players because people go get paid. Yeah. Like. And I, I don't think it's going to be any different just because, like, oh, Tom Brady no, yeah. threw the Lombardi to Gronk. Over People like Levante David, I think, I just don't think they're going to be able to hold on to him. Uh, yeah, if there's someone like Levante might... David, yeah, I can see him like not coming back. But if you have other dudes, veterans, yeah, which is why I'm willing to consider Leonard Fournette might come back on a lower, on lower dollar because he's been getting paid a crap ton by the Jags for the last, what, seven years. But he comes back, takes a pay cut, says, you know what? I'll put my ego aside. I'll put my bank account aside. I've, I'm getting paid enough. Let's go win a Super Bowl. So, do and you, then you know, AB like might follow into that same train where he's like, "Hey, you know, I took a lesser role on this team, but I had a rocky road, and this team's helped me get back to being a semi-respectable human being. Why not? 
This is Fournette's fourth year, by the way. Do you... His fourth year in the league? He's yeah. drafted 2017. Dude, he feels... So who do you franchise tag if you have a choice between David and Barrett? Whichever one won't resign. <laughs> I think you franchise tag like Chris Godwin and then just sign Barrett and let David walk. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can keep. I don't think you can keep Barrett and yeah and, uh, as, David. Because as much as I was hyping up, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're but good. As much as I was hyping up Levante David, and as much as I think he's probably worth like being the highest paid linebacker, they don't. They don't need to make him the highest paid linebacker to be good. They have Devin White still. Yeah, and you don't pay somebody. I mean, as good of a year as he had, you don't pay somebody who's, what, 31, we said? Yeah. You don't pay... Somebody will. I'm saying I wouldn't, but I know there's going to be a team like yeah. the Jets or somebody ridiculous. Yeah. Gonna, whoever has... Honestly, I don't know who's got Jets the highest uh, salary Jags cap. Have the Jags have free so. space. Which is... Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a, that would be a pretty interesting move, Levante David, because you get like a veteran like that that's really good, and then they can come and be a mentor for the younger people. Even if you're not going to be competitive with them on the roster, it gets... Good experience. And yeah. what, el- what else are you going to use that cap? Well, that, on? that's a young defense, too. So they yeah. could use a guy like uh, Levante David to come in there. And like, who's their veteran? Joe Schobert? Miles Jack, maybe? Joe Schmo. <laughs> but, okay, so you guys said you wanted to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Drunk Tom Brady at the Super Bowl parade. That man literally just threw the Lombardi trophy over open water. It's so funny. I thought the first time I saw it, I thought it was just to a random fan, which made it infinitely better in my mind. Yeah. But no, it was to Gronk. Which well, no, it was no, to it, was, it was to Cameron Brait. I think I thought it was, it was, it was Scotty Gronk. Miller. It there was it, it was. I saw a headline okay. that said two Gronk. It, it was it was two Gronk's boat, is what okay. it was. It was Gronk. Somebody boat, had to catch it, and there was a white dude on that boat that caught the ball. It was Cameron Brait. That caught like the Lombardi Trophy. I yeah, thought it was, was Cameron Brait. I didn't see the neck beard that means Cameron Brait, but also the dude was like. He was a big white guy and he was jacked, so I know he wasn't it's an old lineman. Cameron Brace, it's then. probably Cameron. Hey, Brace, what are you but... saying about offensive line? Yeah, man? it was Cameron Brace. Okay. okay, my bad. Uh, yeah, I sorry. I saw a headline that said Rob Gronkowski. Whatever. But uh, well, of course they put him in the headline because he's I mean, yeah. No, exactly. he, it was Gronk's boat. Gronk the, nobody else the knows who's so, a tight end boat. Nobody yeah. else except for us <laughs> and. You know, maybe diehard fans know who Cameron Braid is. Yeah. Let's be real. Well, and I hey man, Cameron Braid is great in Madden. So, I don't know how I heard about this, or never heard about this, excuse me. But <laughs> apparently Gronk dented a previous Lombardi trophy playing baseball in the locker room of Julian Edelman after a Super Bowl. <laughs> that is like, fantastic. Julian Edelman threw a, a baseball at him and he hit it with the Lombardi <laughs> trophy. And now one of the Patriots trophies has a dent in it. Can we just <laughs> talk about how great it is to be Rob Gronkowski? I mean, you take a year Dude. off of football, you get a WWE what yeah. title belt and then you're like oh i'm gonna come back you and get to reunite with tom brady you get a year like off dude yeah you, your body gets a year off to you know Recoup, reset or I, I don't know what you he's can, doing we can all tell he needed we yeah. can all tell he, he needed actually that. didn't look that hurt like he didn't look as athletic as he was in his prime that's for sure but, but he, he didn't, didn't look, look injured he he did this year to harken back to like our like first or second episode of the podcast ever he didn't look like fred Frince like fred, fred Flintstone, Flintstone. Oh, just like gosh. bobbling the ball down the field like if he caught the we ball, we did say that he yes. caught the ball like if that <laughs> ball hit his hands he brought it in and he would move people the dude's a tank yeah still. and he had two touchdowns almost 100 yards in the i should have known it would my... be the fr- it would be the freaking super bowl that gronk yeah. would be yeah. like breakout <laughs> hasn't done much all year he was my mvp of the game just because brady only had one extra touchdown and like 120 extra yards that weren't gronk yeah. so gronk had almost 50 percent of the yards and two-thirds of the touchdowns yeah and how sick would it have been if a tight end won that Super Bowl been, MVP? That would have been incredible. What Plus I Gronk think of all people, he deserves it. What I think would have been more impressive was if a defender had won it. And I think that Devin White has a legitimate argument 
12 tackles and a pick in the Super Bowl. He should have rode out there on his horse and grabbed that. Yeah. Should have. He should have. He should have rode out there and stole it. Have from you Brady. guys seen that? Yes. Videos of him great. on his horse. He he takes a victory lap. Yeah. He takes a victory lap around Raymond James Stadium, holding the Lombardi Trophy over over his head on a horse. Was Little Nas X playing in the background? Yeah. Too far. Yeah. I don't no. know. Man. I mean, that I was know. something that actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So that's neither here nor there. Uh, do you guys think Brady deserved Super Bowl MVP? I mean, like I said, I think it should have been Gronk. Here's the thing, but I. If you look at that thing, it's you look at the defense and you say, "All right, who did someone on the defense deserve it?" The entire defense played so well, you can't pick yeah. one guy out who yeah. deserved it. If you look at the offense, you know, yeah. Mike, Mike Mike Evans had one catch. You, you, Chris Godwin had one catch. Mike Evans had one catch for thirty-one yards, but was single-handedly responsible for nearly a hundred yards, just because of the number of PIs and yeah, holding. You he can't threw. count those. You can't. I mean, yeah. but the thing is, if he, the dude actually got six targets, but only one of them was recorded because he was held or like had pass interference on him on the other five because he was so good that they had to hold him. Yeah. And they had to throw him to the ground when the ball was coming to him. And they had to hit him early. You could argue that, you know, yeah, you can't put those those numbers on the stat sheet, but that impact on the game is still very real. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I just don't think that that's MVP stuff. Like going and Obviously like- it's not MVP stuff. Like, but you know, if Leonard Fournette had scored another touchdown, I would have said Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Ooh, but Brady didn't mess up. He was 21 for 29, yeah. 201 yards and three touchdowns. He didn't mess yeah, up. Here's he the thing. did his job. I, I don't know if I would have given it to Brady, but at the same time, it's Tom Brady. Yeah. He Who, just won like, his, what, seventh Super Bowl. Oh, that's cool. And it looks good. I mean, you're just kind of padding his stats a little bit, too. You're like, oh, he won his seventh Super Bowl. He's got X amount of MVPs. Like, it's Tom Brady. You have to give it to him. Even if I would have yeah. done it myself, it made yeah. sense to me. No, that's exactly how I felt afterwards is I'm like, yeah, this is a legacy award, but yeah, like, he deserves sure. it. Yeah, I mean, he like, played. He like you said, you know, his stats. He played pretty well. I just don't know if it, the stats themselves were not necessarily Super Bowl MVP worthy, but the fact that it was, if you also like watching the game, you could tell whenever they needed a play, Brady would come to the line, call up an audible, and then hit a dart to a hot route. Yeah, and then it would just first down, and those first downs were absolute momentum killers for the Chiefs. The Chiefs would get them to third and eight. Brady would come to the line, call an audible, throw like a little fade to, yet gosh, who who even knows? Like what? Yeah, he threw yeah, it to everyone. Exactly. I mean, Antonio Brown had the most catches, I think, or tied with Gronk for the most catches. Yeah, I think they both had three, and then Evans and Godwin only had one. Yeah. So, it, it, I, I I'm honestly fine with it going to Tom, just because yeah. his impact on the game was probably the highest. Because if Gronk wasn't there, Cameron Brate would have had those touchdowns. It was just so happened to be that yeah. it was too Gronk. Yeah. But Brady would have gotten those stats no matter what. Yeah, but if Brady wasn't there, then Jameis Winston would have thrown those touchdowns. Jameis Winston oh. also would have thrown five picks. <laughs> no. Just, they probably would have won a Super Bowl this year, Winston. No. I doubt it. No. No. They would have gone seven and nine <laughs> and not made the playoffs. Yeah, you're probably right. Because they had pretty much the same team last year. Like, obviously, outside of Gronk and AB, and Gronk throughout most of the season was just a novelty item. That's fair, but I also would argue that the defense this year was a lot better than it was last year. It was like more Last year, they were a good defense. This year, they were the best defense. Yeah. I mean, also, it's hard to be, a, like, better than a good defense when your quarterback gives the ball to the other team yeah. on the 20. Oh, that's fair. Every sure. time. <laughs> well, so, I say we go ahead and move on from... Uh, oh, wait, no. That's yeah, right. no, no, we have I one more wanna, thing. Yeah, I did want to ask. There is one more thing. Yeah. Way too early... Who are you guys picking in the first round for your team? Like, realistic, be realistic. Don't go like, oh, I want Trevor yeah. Lawrence, obviously. Yeah. But where you're picking, uh, the Vikings have the 14th pick. 
I don't know what the football, like 25. 19. 19. For some reason, I thought it was lower because you guys were in the playoffs. But um, And then the Broncos are what? I think we're nine. Nine. Okay. I think we earned the ninth overall one. So, Congrats. Joe, you inspired the whole mock draft mania. So, who's your ideal pick at 19? I'd pick Trey Lance if he's there. I don't think he will be. You might have to trade up if you want to grab him. Mm-hmm. Maybe he flies under the radar, especially since we're not doing a combine this year. I think we're just doing pro days. So, you know, some something like a combine, which people would kind of, get to see him in action a lot of teams would they're not going to i'm sure he'll have a lot of teams at his pro day but i just i love trey lance i mean i've been talking about him since last spring um they only played north dakota state only played one game this year and trey lance didn't look great but i mean it's one game and not to mention that you know last year he had 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions which is really impressive even though i mean it's north dakota state but he played really well, so I would pick Trey Lance. I don't know if he'll be there though by nineteen. Okay, Matt. Honestly, nine. honestly, at nine, I just I want no lineman. If we, if there's an O lineman that's like really good that we can get at that ninth spot, I want to take an O lineman because yeah. chances are there's not going to be a quarterback that I like available at that point because the quarterbacks that I like are uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, Zach, Wilson. Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Those Mac the, Jones might be there at nine. I don't know. Mac he Jones probably will might, be, but I don't, but I don't want. You... Here's the thing: I don't want to draft what Mac is... Jones at that spot. I like Mac Jones. I don't like Mac yeah. Jones's fit with my team because the Broncos are not a very mature team. Mac Jones is very mature himself, but I don't know how well he would fit in with that. That's like, how I feel about him too with Washington. With, with that immature atmosphere, is that um, like we feel too like wild and free because that's the way that Vic Fangio has allowed us to become. We give up. We lose easy games. Like mm-hmm. We'll go up 20, and then we'll just end up losing the game anyways. And, you know, if I'm a team that wants to draft Mac Jones, I want to have a crafty offensive head coach, like a Matt Nagy or something like that. That's what Kyle I would Shanahan. want. Like, yeah. I would just want to be, you know, I've, honestly, the Bears are the perfect spot for him. I just... Bears a perfect spot for Mac yeah. Jones, but basically Broncos, I want to draft an O-lineman, give Drew Locke some more protection, see if he can still salvage a decent career. And um, I'm I'm not high on Trey Lance because he didn't do anything this year. Yeah. And I'm also not high on um, Justin Fields either because I don't believe in quarterbacks that go to Ohio State. <laughs> so you take an offensive lineman, but how would you feel if they decided to go a different route? Let's say they take Patrick Sertain or another corner. I love defense. Micah Parsons. Because I know they had somebody today that they cut, I believe. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was uh, Keep Tlaib, I believe. No, no, or, no. It wasn't Keep Tlaib. Tlaib. No, no, no. The other one, sorry, that they signed from... Uh, why can't... I'm putting this on the spot. He's a very but, similar yeah. cornerback to Keep Tlaib. Oh, was, we cut A.J. Bowie? Yeah, oh, yeah, A.J. AJ Bowie. Wow. Okay, in that case, draft a corner. We need a corner. Yeah, we, yeah. Need, a, we need another corner. Or draft Caleb Patrick Farley. Sertain or Michael Parsons Horn. or whatever. Let's hear it, Tyler. Let's Wait, hear oh, oh okay. So I've <laughs> been thinking about this since like 6 p.m. today uh, when I started doing mock drafts. My favorite one was uh, we got Devontae Smith. That's not going to happen, but it happened in my mock drafts. So like it happened in your mind. And I honestly think that we're in a spot where we just take best player available for the most part, or we trade back a couple of picks and then pick. Uh, so like I like Quiddy Pay out of Michigan, Michigan, defensive end. I like Christian Barmore, but 14 might be a little high for him, so I think we, we trade, trade back, back and maybe. then pick him. 
And then I also like whichever like offensive tackle is the best there. That you have a uh, Vera Tucker from USC, USC or Rashad Slater or Oof, Christian Derisaw. If you could get uh, Rashad Slater, that'd be a steal. I don't know if he'll slide that yeah. far. Yeah. Well, I was just the, I was just yeah. listing the non Penny Sewell uh, yeah tackles. Well, I mean, it's not, honestly, Slater might end up being better than Sewell in the long run. They're both pretty good. Yeah. So. Basically, my answer is if there's a really good BPA like Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, someone like that. Yeah, like you take you, the you Cowboys take route where you, you know, Cowboys drafted CeeDee Lamb yeah. last year. Oh, it, no, it, it I think we're in that exact position. For him somehow. <laughs> like, I, think, huh? I think we're in the exact position of them. Like we have a aging Adam Thielen. So picking another receiver that's going to be a cornerstone along with Justin Jefferson is mm-hmm. never a bad idea. Yep. But And you still have Chad Beebe too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> legend. But uh, other than that, we will probably take the best defensive lineman available, whether we see it as more D line. Yeah, I, I think D-line. end is less of a need for line. <laughs> I think that defensive tackle is probably more important. So I'd, I'd like Barmore or um, what? You got a Deshaun Nixon or you got that big dude coming Iowa. in, Michael Pierce. But yeah. we need like a pass, uh, like a three tech pass rusher. That's Ooh. why I take Quiddy Pay. I wouldn't take Barmore. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm not all that high on Christian Barmore. I mean, he kind of came on. He had a good title game. He did well yeah. late in the season. But if you look at his stats, I mean, I could be wrong. He just doesn't really stand out that much to me. He's still very young. Yeah. I will say one last thing, though, before we move on. Mm-hmm. Spicy hot take. Ooh, if there's spicy. a top quarterback still available, I would like us to pick them. That's not because, that hot. <laughs> well, I mean. Scorching. It's it's pretty hot for a lot of people because we, we have Kirk Cousins for another two or three years. And so people are like, why waste a pick on that? Trey Lance. I would like Trey Lance to be still available pick. because yeah for, no exactly like and that's ex- big time perfect because Minnesota. we have two years of Kirk Cousins left yeah. and then everyone like is like all the Vikings fans in the world are like the sky is falling our defense was garbage Mike Zimmer is a defensive coach <laughs> ignoring the fact that we were literally playing fourth and fifth stringers at every yeah, position and that are all, everyone's coming back minus maybe Anthony Barr who might be a cap casualty but woof. I mean, he wasn't. He's overrated based on name. He gets good Madden cards every year, but he doesn't play up to. But anyway, so my point is, I don't think defense is as much of a need. Like it'd be nice. Defensive depth is always good, but if the quarterback is there, I think that you want to try to like hit on your guy for the future. Yep. So are we prepared yeah. to shift into my favorite sport, the NBA? Shift gears. Yeah. Oh, bat- let's go ahead baseball. and shift some gear. No, no. Oh wait! No. You want to do the NBA first? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's uh let's, let's do, do the NBA first. So Matt, yeah, you're a Lakers fan. Yes, I am. Lakers last three games have all gone to overtime. They yep. won all of them. But yep. uh, do you want to explain why? It's LeBron's fault. Yeah. Mic drop. Here's the thing. AD right now isn't playing because he experienced some soreness in his Achilles, and you know, it's they did like some X-ray on it, and they were like, well, he doesn't. It's it's still fine, but he just has to rest, mm-hmm. and so everyone's like. That's what he's doing on the court, anyways. Him and Le- AD and LeBron on the court in the first half of a game, they don't care. They're just out there to like. They're still trying to rest and recover from the bubble because the bubble wasn't all that long ago, and yeah. the off season is such an important and, time. Yeah, and LeBron's Late older. Old man. LeBron, LeBron is very Father old right time. now, and I mean, but like if you look at it, LeBron doesn't play well in the first half, and he doesn't care. And anyone who wants to say that he has no help is just lying. Because when you have a guy out there that's not giving effort, it's going to bring the whole team yeah. down, especially when that is your, not just your vocal leader, your actual leader. Yeah. He's the guy that recruited you, and he's just, you know, 
lollygag and back on defense, and he doesn't really care. He looks like lethargic. But then the end of the like second half comes around. He kicks it into high gear, and then suddenly we make a 25-point comeback in 10 minutes, and we're just back in the game. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. With the Lakers, it's just, it's just eh. Like, the first half of a game is we let the other team run away with it, and then the second half we pull it back, and then we win the game. It's, it's always weird um, to me, like, obviously – when the um, the Nationals won the World Series, that coming off the World Series, you're or, or coming off a championship, you're always expecting like so much out of your team. Yeah, and you have a bit of fatigue, and I'm kind of seeing with the Lakers right now a little bit. Um, that's I mean that's how I could compare. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. To. They're all like they're letting Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell run wild because yeah. they weren't in the championship, and the Lakers guys are still like ones who did play are still kind of tired because you don't get that full recovery. Like yeah. obviously, yeah, exactly. even a. Full offseason is not enough recovery for that. Yeah, it's a well, quick turnaround for the NBA usually. Also, too, I'd argue, like, compared to the the Nationals, right? Like, the Nationals are a pretty big baseball team. But also, they weren't, like, the favorites going into that World Series. They won, and then so, like, they got a high expectations. But, like, the Lakers, for the, since LeBron went there, have been super hyped up. So it's even more disappointing that they're not yeah, like, that's true. living up to it. Because they've been, like, as soon as LeBron signed there, they were like, okay, championship or bust every year from now until he retires. Yeah. And then he got injured the first year. Like, he got injured when the Lakers were a fourth seed his first year, and then we fell out of the playoffs after that because he wasn't playing. We just had Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart running around. And, you know, it's then... It's funny but, how but, time changes things because, like, a year two, or like a year ago or two seasons ago, that sounded like a bad thing. But nowadays, with, like, the current Josh Hart, current Kyle Kuzma, and current Brandon Ingram, that's still a playoff team in my mind. Like, you could argue because... <laughs> Like Brandon Ingram was averaging like 14 a game on the Lakers during yeah. that stretch. Now Brandon Ingram's averaging 25 a game on the Pelicans as the second option. Yeah. I'm like, dude, why couldn't you do this? You took such a jump when you got there. It makes no sense. But yeah, in all honesty, the Lakers are going to be just fine. You know, it's they're just literally LeBron and AD are just taking breaks and resting yeah. and letting Dennis Schroeder prove his worth, which he did. And it's a whole thing. Turns but, out he's good. Yeah. So, spoiler. We have a uh, written on here. It's very cryptic. Yes. And it says, and I, I plus, wrote this part. Uh, no, no, I'm skipping the oh, first one. I'm going straight one. to plus Ooh. a hot take on the Hawks. Yes. And I quote, so would you like to tell me your hot take? Because I'm all for it. My hot take on the Hawks is this the reason why the Hawks won't be as good as I expected them to be at the beginning of the season is Trey Young. Yes. Okay. I knew where you're going with yes. that one. Yes. That is my hot take because Trey Young does nothing but whine and complain to the refs. He does nothing with that. And also, sounds like LeBron. Is Trey Young a good three point shooter in your mind? I think he takes a lot of them, so he makes a lot of them. It's yeah, like earlier. It's a, it's like a couple seasons ago, James Harden, where he was always at the top of the makes, but he was also always like at the top of the attempts. Trey Young is shooting thirty seven percent from three. That's not the hallmark of someone you would consider an elite three point shooter. Yeah, and he takes. It's just he takes Steph Curry level shots, but he's not Steph Curry. Exactly. Not even close. <laughs> And the thing is, he thinks he is. Now, this actually got pointed out to me, and I started watching for it, and I realized that it was correct. He acts like Steph Curry. He thinks he's Steph Curry. Everyone tells him he's Steph Curry. But he's not really Steph Curry because yes. he doesn't make the shots at the high levels that, that Steph and Dame do, you know, from the logo. Like, yeah, he shoots six a game. Yet you're going to hit one or two if you're an NBA player, and you practice it. But... You know, overall, you're not that good on wide open shots. You don't hit that high of a number. You know, you just kind of chuck them up and they fall because you are a good NBA player. You're still a good player, 
You're just not elite <laughs> level shooter. By the way, for reference, Steph Curry's averaging 11.3 point, uh, threes per game this season is shooting 43%. Yeah. So yeah, that, he's averaging that is, twice as many and shooting 6% higher than Trey Young on Yeah, them, Exactly. So. And it's it's absolutely ridiculous because Steph Curry has had several bad games. But the thing with Steph is that you know that even when he has a bad game, he's going to turn around and he's going to go 10 for 11 the next night. And also when he has a bad game, he still draws double and triple teams mm-hmm. every time he touches the ball and gets other people involved. So like if you look at his box score and go like, oh, he only had 10 points or 12 points or something, it was a bad game for him. Well, also you watch and like the reason they were even in the game is because he was getting double teamed and other people yeah. were open. And, you know, on those nights, typically Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre Jr. decided, oh, I'm going to hit a shot yeah. tonight, you know, let's, I might hit two. Let's keep on the, uh, the Steph Curry talk here. The Steph uh-huh. Curry talk? Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about him personally because... I think he's playing incredible. You know, he's averaging almost 30 points a game, shooting mm-hmm. 43% from three, like on 11 and a half attempts per game. I think pure play-wise, he should be in the MVP, MVP conversation, but his team is very bad or like bad comparatively, and so he isn't. And I think, like, I mean, the same argument for Bradley Beal, right? Bradley Beal is incredible, and when they do win games, it's because he goes yeah, supernova. I feel so bad for him. And <laughs> so do you guys think that team record should have as much of an impact on MVP? Like, Giannis won the last two MVPs, right? Yeah. And you could argue that last year was just because his team was the number one seed, right? I mean, he also set the NBA record for efficiency, that of which seven of the ten records are held by Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's that's a better <laughs> argument, but also, like... <laughs> His, I mean, his stats like didn't stand out as much as some of the other candidates, but like, his team was the one seed. It was the one seed, or, and it was the one seed because of him directly. He was the one that directly made his team the one seed in that case because his usage rate last season was through the freaking roof. Because if you yeah. watched the Bucks last season, they didn't take the ball out of his hands. They just said, Giannis, here's the ball. Go. Yeah, that's And this fair. season now, it's like Giannis isn't putting up as much numbers, but also their offense looks so much smoother because... Giannis sets an on-ball screen every play now. He doesn't have. He sets an on-ball screen, and then he'll roll, and then if it doesn't happen, he'll pop back out. Then they'll get him the ball, and then he'll pass Wait, to someone so else. So do you think that's a, a good thing, though, that like your MVP isn't touching the ball nearly as much now and your offense looks a lot better? Yes, I do. Th- I think that's an incredible thing because the main knock on Giannis was, oh, his team doesn't win games. It's because, yeah, he's getting triple-teamed every play when he has the ball. Take the yeah. ball. If you get these guys' experience with the ball in their hands and not in Giannis's hands then you're going to look so much better. Yeah, Giannis know. scored 47 points last night running that offense. Yeah, he did have a great game. And, like, he's he's kind of proving that he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to score, which was an original huge drawback on him. I, I still think, I've said this in, like, earlier episodes, I still think as good as Giannis is, he needs, like, a number two guy, I mean, similar yeah. to how Chris, LeBron has AD. Chris Milton is not a number two. He yeah. has two number threes now, though, yeah, he's which got is better than of, what he had. Yes. He's got a, a couple threes, fours, but he doesn't have that solid two. Yes. and That, that Robin two is Batman. He would need a solid two or a co one, which Bradley is why Beal I was like... For Chris Middleton straight up. Who's oh, yeah. Well, I, I would say no if I was a wizard. I know, but also, I, I would yeah. love to see Bradley Beal with Giannis yes. because I'm, that's Giannis is my fair player. It's a great pairing because then, like, Bradley Beal doesn't just have to chuck up all, like, Bradley Beal is shooting, like, what, for, around 40% from three, I imagine? Yeah. He's shooting double contested threes yeah. all game long because he's never open. He just, like, no, they're not guarding anyone else on the Wizards because, sorry, Joe, they don't have to. No, yeah. They don't. 
They don't. You got Westbrook who Russ just kind of Russ stands as a three. He's shooting thirty three percent from three this year. Again, but every he's averaging, single, yeah. you know, every single shot is like double team twenty five points again, thirty two points. But like, so, so sorry. But I kind of want to get back to the original point I asked, though. I kind of veered off of that. Do you guys think that team record should impact MVP voting as much as it does? Um, in terms of the way the award is described to you in the official definition, no. Yes. But the way the award has always been yeah. and always will be is that if your team is good and you are the best player on that team, it's yours. Because I'm, if you want to go based purely on that, it's LeBron every that's, time. That's what I was going to say. LeBron's, of, LeBron's a franchise. I'm of two minds. Like, obviously, LeBron would win it every year because LeBron is the best player maybe ever. And so, obviously, he would win the most valuable player every year if you did yeah. that. Way. But I think that too many, like, awards where there's players that have been playing better on, like, a four seed or something gets overshadowed by a guy on a one seed. Yeah. Like, I was super happy that James Harden won it. But also, Russell Westbrook was putting up better stats yeah, like for his second Westbrook, year in a row. Russell Westbrook, for three years in a row, averaged a triple-double and, and it was, was only, only considered uh, an MVP in the first year. Because And it was because his team was like pretty good then. And then when they, they still like a fifth seed? <laughs> I mean, okay, it had never been done before. But then yeah. the next year, people are like, okay, he's still playing at that MVP level, but now... We should look at their record and like, oh, James Harden's the one seed. Like, congrats. Yeah. Come on down. Like, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that James Harden won. He deserved to have an MVP to his name. But yeah. And like, Harden has been playing MVP level ball and whatnot. Yeah. But right now, with how it all is going, who would you guys say is your MVP? Because like, there's so many different possible answers here now. Cause the last week has honestly changed things drastically. Um, yeah, because we talked about it last week. We did, week. we did, I but was like Kevin Durant, but I don't, I don't think it's KD anymore. And I the still Nets think it's Nikola Jokic. Are kind of fizzling out a little bit. Well, it's the thing is Jokic has actually increased his production. Yeah, he's since averaging then. twenty-seven points per game. He put uh, up fifty in a loss to the Kings. Yeah, it's the Kings. How do you lose to the Kings when your star drops fifty? Yeah, he's averaging nine assists. What's 11 Jamal Murray up to? Is he just a no-show? He had a. I haven't been watching much NBA, but yeah, Jamal Murray isn't spectacular right now. He's not playing to the that's top. So odd to me. I mean, because he thing, played so well at the end of last year. Well, that's the thing. That was the only time he's ever played like that ever in his that's, career. Yeah. Jamal Murray is a legitimate three. Yeah, he's no, not he's, a two. He's back to like his. Career averages, right? Like Which is like what? The past three 17, years. 17, 18? Yeah, past three years, yeah. he's averaged 18 a game. And he's, he's back to averaging 18 after putting up 50. But he's also only 23 years old. He is only 23, but the way that everyone was like, everyone thought that Jamal Murray was now a 27 point per game average player. I was one he's of not, those people. He He's not that. That's not what Jamal Murray is, at least not right now. At this point in his career, Jamal Murray is not a 30 point per game guy. He might, you know, go Dame for like, you know, two weeks. But he's not going to do that over the course of a season. Yeah. And it's like, that's the same reason why the Trailblazers are never as good as everyone's like, oh, yo, Dame's so good. And when Dame's scoring uh, all these points per game, they don't they don't lose, and they win all these games. Yeah, it's because Damian Lillard has to score 50 points for them to win every single night because the Trailblazers are not good. So, actually, I lied. There's one last player I want to bring up. Oh, okay. I saw... This stat. Bonus player. Yeah, bonus player. He bonus. plays on the Philadelphia 76ers, actually. Huh. 
So you heard of the 50-40-90 club, right? Shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from free throw. Yeah. Well, Seth Curry of the 76ers right now is part of the 50-50-100 club. Uh, He's shooting 50% from the field, 50% from three, and he's not missed a free throw all season. How many free throws has he taken? He's averaging 1.7 per game times 18 games, which is like, I don't know, 30-something. Yeah, so like... That's that's really good, and you know if he's the first guy to ever make the fifty fifty hundred club, congratulations to him. Ooh, nice. It was thirty point six. If he's if he's almost dead on, but like Seth Curry is not an MVP. Oh no, I just wanted to point that. I just thought it was crazy. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool stat, but like, and it's not sustainable. He's gonna miss a free throw. He's going he's to miss drop below fifty percent yeah. of three. I mean, he may still set the record for a free throw percentage in a season. But, but I think it has to be like X amount of attempts. I think it's I 100 know. attempts, and he might get there. Ooh, I, yeah. Well, I mean, he's played 18 games out of the, like, how many? 72. No, but how many of there right now have been played already, too? Because he's missed oh. a couple. I think there was like I th- 23 I th- or something. I think it's somewhere around there. So, yeah, he's missed four games. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, what's 72 divided by four? Good question. I don't know. That's why I'm no longer an engineer. Okay, that's like an 18-game pace he's going to miss if he misses at the same pace but that was also 54 games because he was held out on like covid for three days like that was a huge like chunk of those games was because covid <laughs> anyway so. my, my point being if it's 100 then yeah he'll get there if he averages the same amount of it absolutely yeah so it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see so you know watch out for that seth curry might be making history this season seth Seth, yes, Seth. Seth Curry. Steph Curry is not going to be making history because he's Steph? doing the same thing he always does. Um, I don't know what it is. Although he's already <laughs> made history by passing Reggie Miller on the second on the all-time three-point uh, made list. Yes, not Wardell Stephen Curry <laughs> yeah. Jr., but Seth Adam Curry. It's spelled A-D-H-A-M. Damn. Yeah. Right, anyway, so let's talk about some Alabama basketball. Keeping yes. it in basketball, this is Ugh. Matt's second favorite topic. I don't Pain. So we're currently ranked number All the 11. Above. We lost to Mizzou. Yes. Uh, we played the worst 30 minutes of basketball I've ever seen, followed by the best 10 minutes of hey, basketball I've ever I, seen from us. I'm going to start this off by putting Matt on the spot a little bit, talking about how Alex Reese, uh, Alex Reese has been playing well. Alex Reese has not been playing that well. I mean... Kind of got eight alive, but most people I mean, would by Jeremiah Tillman. About to say, and by that dude, like every single center in the in college basketball essentially would struggle against him unless you're like that dude that Illinois has. Oh, it's just, Kofi Coburn. Yeah, that's just yeah. giant. It's not how and it's like pronounced how it's Here's spelled. the thing: Alex Reese was brought in as a six eight power forward that can play small forward, and now they're like, "Hey, dude, you want to play center?" Yeah. And the thing is, yeah, he's starting to look better. He's getting like a block a game or so, and he actually played. Like he played pretty well in that. He missed like a, a number need- of the shots, but like he's if you look out there, he was been he had been told to front that guy the yeah. whole time. And when you get told to front that guy, if they fit the pass over, he's gonna he's gonna lay it up. I I'm prefer need- Hanukkah. Oh my gosh, that was anyways. I'm gonna need more than three points out of the Oxries. Look, that's fair. But, but at the same time, I mean- like Okay. Alex Reese is a backup. But so all of this That's the problem. He's a backup who's starting. That's yeah. the, the well, main issue. Well, I mean issue both there. of our I mean yeah. all we, of our we big ha- men are hurt. We had a big that we were starting over him, got injured. Then we were like, "Okay, Alex Reese, you're going to start." He st- like he came off his hot streak that he had been on cuz he had been playing really well starting against like Oklahoma. And then 
Now that kind of died down, and they were like, "Okay, we're gonna bring you back off the bench. We're gonna start Jawan Gary." Jawan Gary got Jawan Gary yeah. got injured two minutes into the well, game. Well, and Herb also has been playing like Herb big, is just resting. big man slash center. I agree. It's his like, back. He's just hurt. His back yeah, is from carrying hurt. Alabama. How long basketball. is well? How long do you think he's had a week back? About a week back. He's no, he's had a week back for <laughs> wow, like we got jokes. three or We've four. We've got weeks. jokes on jokes on jokes today, but folks. He has had a week back around. for like three weeks now. Week back, notwithstanding. And we, like, you know, we were down big. We came back. It was a one-point game. We were down by one mm-hmm. at one point. Herb kind of missed that layup. He did, but also <laughs> like, there was a guy there that, like, made a contest. and like but he, the guy was behind him. But if you get your hand there, it's still going to throw off the guy shooting the layup. I don't know. And it, like, rolled in and out. I, I still think... He, here's the thing. That is a layup that he that could back. have made, and he does want that one back. But also, I can understand how he missed it. Yeah, the second one wasn't great. Like I, I didn't like that our last two plays while down one were both just give it to Herb and let him try to take on five people by himself. Well, no. that one was actually like an incredible play because he pump faked and got the dude in the air. Then he, if he would have leaned into him more, it would have been a foul. I well, think. he tried to and it didn't work. And then a guy in Missouri came over and made an incredible play to just spike the ball off the backboard. Yeah. Then we turned it around and we had an incredible inbounds play. Like, I just want to point out those three plays. Yeah, like you like said. Like, give it to Herb, let him go against five. That's not what happened. Those were actually three really well-drawn-up plays that got Herb Jones to the rim twice in a row with good looks to the basket. And then we had an incredible one that would have given Shaq a better look had he have not also tried to draw a foul by turning his body and shooting. That does that all the time. That shot was so bad. And it's just like, it makes me so mad because he's so talented. He's one of our most talented players. He doesn't know how to control his body, though. Well, it's not, it's just he takes bad shots. Like, he, he, his shot selection is less than ideal, but in terms of like total offensive talent, he might be our most talented yeah, offensive exactly. player. And if he just stopped throwing up like sideways layups, like off of the, yeah. his back foot. Those are the ones he makes. He misses all his open layups, he, but he, he missed, only hits those. Yeah. The he ones where he's falling back and throwing it I, over his head like this. Those are the only ones that he makes for no reason. I've for- got I got to be honest with you guys. So I was watching the game at work because I you know I work a couple hours on the weekends, and we were getting blown out. I left. I went to get like breakfast or something, pick it up. Mm-hmm. They had the TV on there. They were still getting blown out. I went back to my apartment, and I was I put my phone in the charger. I was just relaxing. I was like, ah, we're gonna lose this game, and then I checked my phone like an hour later, and I see the final score. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. It, that was. I had no idea. That was probably. I chalked it up to an L. I was, you know, I had stuff to do. I didn't give up on them, but I, I was like, eh, sounds I like some you stuff to do. That was the best ten minutes of basketball that yeah. Alabama has played all season, regardless of whatever game. Like LSU, like it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. That was the best two minutes, most complete two minutes of basketball that we have played. I was, Our offense was good. Our defense was incredible. Keon Ellis is an absolute I was star just in the about making. To say that he, I think he had twelve points last game. Uh, the game before that was 11, and then 10 before that. So he's kind of yes. turning yeah, he it is. on. Pretty soon he's going to average like 100 per game because he's going to get oh, yeah, 99 and then 100. And, yeah. But, um, Sky's the limit. I <laughs> The ceiling is the roof. legitimately was jumping up sure. and down like in front of my TV at the end of the game, getting yeah. so hype. And then it all fell short. But, hey, we're still number 11 in the country. We beat I mean, South Carolina. You can't. Here's the thing. When you look at that game against Missouri, you can't in good conscience say, oh, uh, Alabama's not that good. Oh, no, because absolutely not. we were just being the worst for the first 30 minutes. And then Oates or someone in that group said something to everyone else. And they said, okay. And then we bought it. Yeah, it has to be a testament to Oates. Like, I, I think it definitely has to be Nate Oates, right? Yes. And you look at the last game, too. 
Avery Johnson would have lost that game. Yes. And somehow we held on to a three-point lead and just barely squeaked out yes. a win. But A win against South Carolina, 81-78 to 70, for yeah. those of you who are A curious. win's a win. A win yeah. is a win. And if you notice, most of the games on, on our... Uh, in like the last like what eight have been decided by three or less. Most of those games have been decided by that. Mm. That is the exact kind of game. Every single one of those that we would have lost under, oh, like you said, yes. under Avery Johnson. But my word, Nate Oates has put a fire in these guys' stomachs that makes them want to play. Yeah, and they're doing it all like no big man really. They're playing small ball against a team like Missouri that has one of the most dominant centers in they the had, entire. They had they were legitimately running three big minute points yeah. just to just to outsize us. And it I mean it worked, but also it only worked by three points. So I think that we have a definite shot, especially Herb's healthy like yeah. you know, you well, get Jordan Bruner back. Well, here's the thing with Bruner and I keep saying it myself it's like, "Oh, just wait till we get Jordan Bruner back. It'll all be different." But that's one player, though, and you can't just, you know, roll out the red carpet when he comes back and assume it's everything's going to be fine, you know. You, you, need guy, you need these other guys to step up. You, you can't put it all on Bruner. Well, that's fair. Even when he comes back, he's not going to be 100%. I mean, correct, but also, let's not, like, forget this fact with Bruner. One thing that Alabama has none of is rim protection. John Petty and Herb Jones both, like, Herb Jones is like very clever with how he blocks shots. Petty is great at timing things and whatnot. If you have a dude that can actually just stand there with his arms straight up like Roy Hibbert and alter shots, yeah, I mean, that's all you need because then those difference. guys can come over and swipe it away. And it, it doesn't just make a difference. It makes a huge difference because you go from having no rim protection the entire length of the game to having really good rim protection for 30 minutes of the game. Yeah, but I still think you... I, I got to see more from, from Reese and Rojas and, I mean, Gary, who's, I mean, that's the thing. who's injured. But. Part of the reason why I was allowing myself to think that Reese was doing so well is because while Jordan Bruner was playing a lot and getting a lot of minutes, Reese was coming off the bench averaging 16 minutes and putting up good numbers, shooting efficient you know, shots. He yeah. was just playing his role, and he was doing it well. Now that we're asking him to do more, it's starting to take him out of, like, his zone, and for a while he was living it up, and he was doing really well with it. But now he's starting to it's come off the hot streak. A lot streak. on his shoulders, yeah. It's a, it's a lot on the guy's shoulders, and you know he starts to play bad. And Alex Reese has had you know issues in the past with, you know, being streaky and allowing himself to get in his own head, and that's what happens to like a lot of these guys. They start to get in their own head. Petty's the same way. I mean, he wasn't doing all that hot. I mean, he had twenty points in this game, but he yeah. kind of fell off for for a little bit as well. Yes, and. They were saying it. I don't know if you guys are listening to like the broadcast and stuff, but they're saying it on the broadcast. They're like, normally John Petty's like your go-to guy, but this whole year he's just been like, I don't know what's happened to him. Like, where did he go? I mean, here's the thing the with games. Petty is that we have to understand Petty at no point in his life has ever been a sharpshooter. No, I want to. I want to let that sink in because I John agree. Petty in high school was a playmaker and a slasher who could shoot threes. He gets to college and they say. We want you to be a knockdown three-point shooter. And that's what they're still asking him to be, is a knockdown three-point yeah, shooter. And obviously, if, when he sets his feet, well, man, there's almost no one better. If John Petty can actually set his feet and go up with a standing three-point shot, he will hit it more times than not. But the thing with him is that he tries to rush it. He tries to go ahead and get through. He wants to get the shot up. He wants to go. He wants to go. He wants to run, run, run. I and feel like, not even just John Petty, not, sorry to interrupt you, I think I feel like when I watched... You know, all the other players, they're kind of the same thing. It just seems like 
they're, they're I know they want to be fast paced, but they're going yeah, way too that's fast. Just the system and that's thing. where you get the the Shackleford weird shots that he takes, and just it seems like sometimes when they're passing the ball around, they're treating it like it's a hot potato or something. Like, oh, I don't want it. You can have it. And they need to just slow it down a little bit more, even though they're up. That's you know their mo, their up tempo. See, I would argue that that is actually not the system because, like. You know, if you look at something like that, those are not the shots that your coach wants you to take. Even if he's saying, "All right, run, run, yeah. run." If you don't have an open shot, your coach doesn't want you to take a triple contested falling away layup. He doesn't like. He doesn't want Shaq to do that, but Shaq does it anyways. And then he says, "Shaq, don't do that." And Shaq says, "I got you, coach." And then does it. Yeah. And John Petty, set your feet, slow down. John Petty shoots an off balance three. Hey Petty, don't do that. I got you, coach. He does it anyways. Can like we- these guys are not disobedient to their coach or anything, but it's yeah. just like you know. They they still in the flow of the game or trying like they get spooled up a little bit. They gotta like let it out. Let's just speaking of let it out, let's take a sigh of relief. We don't have to play at eleven AM this Saturday. They play Georgia Evans. Two thirty. And dude, Georgia is not that good this year. Georgia's not that good. They have seven guys averaging nine points or more. That's good. We need a we need a big moral win. Yes. We need a we need to just go in and like blow somebody out. Yeah. Well, honestly. Dude, re- I just want to shoot. I just want I want to have a game where we go. And we can win we, by 15. We just need to shoot well. Why can't we just rest Herb Jones for this game? We should. That's what actually there's growing speculation among everyone that I have heard talk about it is that this would yeah, be the absolutely. game it to is rest Herb. So 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 dumb not to rest him. Yes, this is the game where you need to rest Herb and it's like if we drop it to Georgia because we rested Herb, then we dropped it to Georgia because we rested Herb. I don't care anymore. I want Herb yeah. Jones at full health. Well, the only other game that I I mean there's a couple like Texas A&M obviously is okay. Vanderbilt I think would be okay resting Herb Jones as well. Vanderbilt has not impressed me at all watching them. They have one good player, Scotty Pippen Jr. Yep, that is it. <laughs> but anyway, I think we should uh, finish up with some yeah, baseball. Yeah, finish up with some baseball. Everyone's favorite sport except Matthew, unfortunately. <laughs> hey, I know you don't I dislike I, it. I'm I know. Just saying it's I know a decent bit about the St. Louis Cardinals because that's yeah, what my well, roommate yells of, at me from across two the room. Two of our three topics are actually about the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes. So, mm, but I wonder first who we're put this start, on the dock. Yeah. First, we're gonna start though with the non-St. Louis Cardinals one. Uh, Trevor Bauer. I was talking about it last time. You know, you might have heard me. I said, "Oh, he's gonna sign a deal with the Mets. He's close to signing a deal with the Mets." Yeah, he signed a deal with the Dodgers. Actually, sorry, <laughs> I lied. I hope you didn't go bet on that or something. Tyler Insider. Yeah, my insider, Tyler insider is wrong. Me. And by my insider, I mean it was a guy on Twitter that tweeted it out to like millions of people. Yeah. But anyway, so the Dodgers got Trevor Bauer. Now they have Clayton Kershaw. I think they still have Walker Bueller. They have Trevor Bauer. They have. They don't have Hunjin Ryu anymore. He went to the Blue Jays. But oh wait, uh, do they still have that one dude that? Cody Bellinger. Um, no, 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 no. I I thought he played for the Dodgers. He was the, the guy that pitched he threw one at the Astros player and then like Julio. oh no 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 uh, Kelly I, something yeah oh, Joe wait. Kelly Joe Kelly do they still have Joe I Kelly I think he's still there who's um don't they have oh gosh never mind they have a redheaded yeah, pitcher what don't they have a redheaded pitcher too yeah Dustin May yeah he's good he, too he's literally might be moved to bullpen duties because they have so many starters. Because he's only like this is his first year in the majors. Yeah, he was, he was so good. good last I year. I know that's how crazy that's, their rotation is. I'm looking at because I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Bauer, Kershaw, and Bueller, and then I'm like, wait a second, Dustin May is pretty yeah. good. I mean, obviously I'm partial to Ginger's being one myself, but he's <laughs> he was pretty good for them last year. Yeah. Local Ginger wants other Ginger to play. 
Um, uprising <laughs> is com- Wait, sorry. Yes. No, I under com- I completely understand. Yeah, and then they still have Mookie Betts. And so my question is, right, they have Cody Bellinger. They signed him to a I think it was like a ninety million per year. A lot contract. of money. A lot of money. Uh, a lot of, lot of money. Let me look this up. They signed Mookie Betts to a big contract. Oh, I guess it was a one-year, $16 million contract. Repeat. With, so for this next year. Uh, Mookie Betts, they obviously have an incredible rotation. They've kept pretty much everyone. They're getting David Price back as well. That was Because he opted out. Yeah. Um, God. So do you guys think that there should be a salary cap in baseball? Yes. Nope. Well, okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, fight. You, you can't have teams like the Dodgers and teams like the Yankees just doing this year in and year out. There's got to be a line that's drawn at some point. Sounds to me There's like someone who's not cap- a fan of the Yankees or the Dodgers. Well, it doesn't. I, I, you know, I don't really care about the Yankees <laughs> or the Dodgers because my team won a World Series recently. So, but could you imagine like the NFL, right? If there yeah. was no salary cap, then everyone would go yeah, to the why, Buccaneers why after is this it season. That every other league has one except for. MLS, like soccer, doesn't have one, and then MLB doesn't have one. That doesn't make sense to me. And I just, That's America's sport. I think they need a salary <laughs> cap just because to make it competitive. Because it is, I mean, you see Mike Trout's contract, right? And granted, he, he is very, very good. He probably deserves a contract like that in a world that there's no salary cap. But in a world that a there was a salary man. cap, yeah, exactly. He wasn't signing that deal. <laughs> and... <laughs> Like I, I know it, they had to give him a ridiculous amount of money so he could stay, but it's an LA market, so they could like afford to give him that type of money. Yes, but so I, I just don't think it's fair that like you know a small team like the Mariners or like Milwaukee, for example, they wouldn't keep Christian Yelich if there was a like I mean, without a salary cap. Excuse me, I'm kind of getting all jumbled here with my train of thought. But a little, yeah. They, I mean, they're they're trying to keep Christian Yelich, right? Yeah, and like without a salary cap. Another team could easily just offer him, whenever his contract's up, like ten billion dollars, and then he could go there. Yeah, so long as they can pay it. And I mean, like, you know, on the one hand, yeah, that is you know, kind of awful. But on the other hand, like, the NFL, you see a lot of good teams get ruined because you know they like had like two unfortunate injuries in back to back years, and it's like, sorry, your salary caps up, like, deal with it. And on the other hand, the NBA, they have a salary cap, yeah. You know, they don't ha- like. I honestly love the way the NBA does it because, yeah. like, if you look at it, the Warriors, Kelly Oubre Jr. is on like a seventeen a mil- like million year deal. They paid ninety million dollars for him this year because they went into the luxury tax to take on his contract. And I think that's fair. And I, but like, just I think like, that there has to. Be, you can do that system, but you have to have a hard cap somewhere. And they do, right? Like, yeah. you can't acquire. It's, it's a like you, your hard cap is like insanely high, but if you can pay it, essentially, you can yeah, handle it. And that's fair. I think that's fine if you want to allow owners to pay like a lot of luxury money yeah. over what they're going to. Then that's fair as long as there's a hard cap because I think it's unfair to like the integrity of the league that every single time there's a good free agent, immediate like Yankees, Dodgers, like I don't know, Red Sox, Mets, like all these yeah. big market teams but are the ones. On the other hand, to counter that point, like obviously, yes, in an ideal world, it probably is better. For there to be a hard to for there to be a salary cap, at this point, is like there's an MLBPA right? There's an MLB Players Association. Yeah, but they don't have that much power. Well, do they still have to like discuss like payment with them? Like, does the MLB still discuss payment with the Players Association? I'm not sure because if they do, no one's going to agree to that. 
Because MLB players are like, yeah, I love getting paid $500 million in five seasons. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it would and have you to be... can't like, I don't even know if you can realistically make it that way because who on who in the MLB would actually vote no for that? Well, I think it'd be the same as the NFL, right? Where this last year you had the arbitration between the players and the league for all these things like an extra game, an extra bye week, um, and like extra playoff teams and stuff. And pretty much all the top players said, no, right? This hurts me. I'm not going to say yes. Yes. All the people on small deals were like, actually, this is a good thing for me, right? Like you increase the minimum for like having a player on your team, right? You, yeah. All those players at the bottom will say yes, and then their votes will outrule the big players. And so like, I don't know. I think it has to be like a, a business thing. I think the league would have to go like people are not happy with not a salary cap, but. I mean, yeah, like at the end of the day, can you get enough players that are willing to say, hey, I don't want that? Because, like, you know, obviously the Dodgers went out and just grabbed this, you know, insanely good pitcher, but, like, I yeah. don't know. Well, don't know. earlier I said that I lied to you, and I'm going to lie to you again because I don't think we're going to have time to talk about the two Cardinals things I want to talk about. We can talk about them next week. They're still going to be there. Yadi Molina is still going to be a Cardinal next week, Yachty. thankfully. And so is Nolan Arenado. Which is insane. But I think with that, that's all we need to say for this week. Yeah, so. episode 16 of the Super Sports Flash podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. We make the magic happen around here. Yeah, we do. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. And we'll see you all next time on the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Goodbye. Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now is the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now is the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of.